Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, May 13th, 2016. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Boston, Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery, beantownathletics.com. Joining me on today's show is Ken Casey from Dropkick Murphys and Murphys Boxing. I talked with Ken over the phone earlier this week. He is actually currently down in Texas recording a new record. So I talked with him about this new record and also what's going on in the fight game because one of his fighters, local kid here in Boston, Mark DeLuca, just had a big win the other night, uh, a huge return to the ring after you know being out, what, a year with an injury, comes back, wins. He's a middleweight, and the middleweight division is a hot topic right now in the world of boxing because you had Canelo Alvarez knock out Amir Khan in the sixth round on Saturday night, and that's leading to the question, Will Canelo actually fight Triple G? Will he fight Gennady Golovkin? Look, Golovkin's the mandatory challenger. So, I mean, he does have to fight him, or it sounds like they're going to strip Canelo of his belt. The question is, does Canelo care about that? Because if he doesn't, and he only cares about money, I think Canelo's camp knows that they can make money in other fights and maybe wait out this Triple G fight, because they know whenever they want the Triple G fight, it's there for them to have right? It's there for them to have. Golovkin sort of needs that type of fight. I mean, I love Golovkin. I'll watch all his fights, but he needs that really big blockbuster fight. This would be it. It's just, I don't know that Canelo needs that fight right now if he just cares about the money. In fact, I do know he doesn't need that fight right now if he just cares about the money because he can go out and get money elsewhere. So I talked with Ken Casey about this because Ken is involved in the fight game. As I just mentioned, one of his best fighters, Mark DeLuca, he just had a big win the other night. So we'll talk boxing. We even get into a little of the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor stuff. Like, is that fight going to happen? I do think Mayweather's going to return to the ring. I do think he's going to try to go for his 50th win. He's 49-0. You see them trademark or copyright, whatever they did, the money team, 50, the best ever, 50. There's a reason they do that, because they're going to come out and eventually go for that 50th win. And I think the fact that he retired beforehand, they tried to add to the drama, because now it's not just Floyd Mayweather going for the 50th win. It's him coming out of retirement going for the 50th win. I think that adds a little spice to the storyline. And you know they're all about the storyline in Mayweather's camp and all about the drama, which ultimately leads to what they love the most, more money. Uh, Now, I'll tell you this. I think it would be stupid for McGregor to fight Mayweather because I don't think Mayweather's going to step in the octagon. You get a better chance of seeing that fight in the middle of the street, in a schoolyard or in a parking lot, than you do in that octagon. Mayweather is not stepping foot in an octagon. If he does, McGregor's going to crush him. Much like, I think, if McGregor steps foot in the ring and Mayweather can just box and do what he does best, which is avoid getting hit and winning fights by decision, I don't think McGregor has any chance whatsoever. But here's what I will guarantee. I'll guarantee that Mayweather fights again. That's that's what I can guarantee. So uh, I talked with Ken Casey about this and more. I talked to him about because he's a big Boston sports fan. So I had to get his take on the David Ortiz farewell tour. And also, he loves the Bruins. Loves the Bruins. And the Bruins, as you know, missed the playoffs for the second straight year. They got a huge offseason upcoming. They're bringing back their coach, Claude Julien, which I love. I think that's a great move for the Bruins because I do not think Claude's the issue. I think you need to add some pieces defensively 
to, to allow Claude to coach this team the way he knows how, with defense first hockey. So that's what I think the Bruins need to do. I talked with Ken about all of this and more before I play you that conversation. I should let you know that today's show is presented by SeatGeek. SeatGeek has made it easier than ever before to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. What's great about SeatGeek is the price you see is the price you get. Now, most sites are going to try to surprise you at checkout with these outrageous fees, but not SeatGeek. And if you download the free SeatGeek app right now, you get a $20 rebate on tickets by using the promo code Picard. That's right, my last name, Picard. Promo code $20 off your tickets. And if you're in Boston, well, this weekend, the Red Sox are home all weekend hosting the Houston Astros before they travel to Kansas City for a three-game series beginning on Monday. We got some beautiful weather here in Boston, so if you're in town, you want to go to the game, go to the SeatGeek app and put in my promo code Picard and go to the Red Sox game. Also on the SeatGeek app, every ticket is given a grade and... You can put to use their detailed map to see the view from your seat. I always put that to good use because you want to know where you're sitting and, and, you know, where your view is if you're going to spend money on tickets. But the place to do that is at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert. It should be the first place you go as well. So go on that app, put the promo code in, even set an alert for any event that you want to go to, and SeatGeek will keep you updated when prices fall so you can get the best deal possible. So uh, here you go, Ken Casey from Dropkick Murphys and Murphys Boxing. I will close out the show afterwards, so stick around. Enjoy. All right, joining me over the phone right now is Ken Casey from Dropkick Murphys and Murphy's Boxing. Ken, uh, thanks for joining me today. How you doing? I'm doing great, Danny. Thanks for having me on. Hey, first off, uh, you told me you're in Texas right now recording a new record. And my first question is, what part of Texas and why Why Texas, of all places, to record this new record? So we're in we're 30 miles east of El Paso, right along the uh, Mexican border, right on the uh, Rio Grande. We're... Uh, I actually, my cell phone service keeps kicking over to to Mexico and probably charging me twenty twenty million dollars a uh, minute. Uh, it's uh, the it's the biggest residential studio I think in America. It's called Sonic Ranch and it's uh it's on a pecan farm and they get a bunch of studios and you live here and you work here and you know so we've never done this before. But when we we usually record in Somerville and. You know, everyone's trying to go back to their own lives at night and everyone's, you know, their kids got games and we're always distracted and, Mm. you know, just trying to live our normal lives. So you come down here and you kind of remove yourself from the world and, um, you know, yeah, it's working, man. You can really, you know, focus on uh, what you got to do. You get a lot more accomplished every day, you know. Uh, Now, someone who has no idea what it takes to record a record obviously takes a lot of work, but I guess the the timetable... Like, how long of a process is that for you? You're in Texas. Like, how long will you guys be there putting this record together? Well, normally for us, it's like six weeks. But I think here, we'll probably do it in, in half that time, you know, because, oh. you, you know, you're working longer hours and mm. you're just, uh, just more focused and getting everything done. You know, you got to you gotta we spend a good five days probably getting the sounds we want making sure we have the right drum sounds guitar sounds all the instrument sounds good and then um 
you know, then, then track in everything, the basics, uh, you know, takes probably another week. And then, you know, and then you start overdubbing, like, you know, for us, like the bagpipes and the banjos and that kind of stuff. And then, then you do and lead vocals and then backup vocals. So you just kind of layering one thing after another. And, um, you know, you want to be methodical and make sure you do it right. Cause in the early days, you know, especially when the budget was tighter, we'd have to rush through it. And every single one of those records, I look back and go, oh, man, I wish we had done this different. We should. So after 20 years of doing it, you know, you kind of know that it's better to, to go at a slower pace and make sure that you, you do it right. So, uh, I mean, is there a release date set or, I mean, any surprises on this record? I mean, anything else you'd like to maybe tease or share with us about the record that you're currently putting together in, in El Paso, Texas? Uh, no, I'm going to learn from my mistakes in the past where I, you know, have these grand plans and tease something that it doesn't happen or whatever, uh, you know, but, uh, I don't know, man, I expect some, uh, some magic to happen just because it's such a different environment and so different than anything we've ever done that, um, I think, I think it should probably, the end results should be, you know, different in a better way, I imagine. Um, but, uh, release date is tentatively November. Um, but we're, we're pretty tight because we go right from here to Europe for a month. So, you know, if we don't finish everything we need to do before we go on that trip, we'll miss the November deadline. And then, you know, the, the record business, the music business is unbelievable. They shut down from Thanksgiving to like mid January, you know, everything from the record companies to the pressing plants. Um, so we kind of got to, we got to finish it done done and done before we leave for europe otherwise it'll probably come out in like january so uh hopefully right before you know right right in november but if not it'll be january all right so for the next couple of weeks how are you going to pay attention to the the boston teams you're going to be able to check that out at all you know the red sox what they're doing and uh yeah te- technology is pretty amazing now you know what i mean <laughs> like you can have it on you can, you can be checking in on your phone and stuff it's uh I tell you what, what I used to have to do to try to keep in the loop on sports uh, from when we started, you know, to to where we are t- today is pretty amazing. You know, the Red Sox, I watch uh, MLB, I watch those condensed games on the MLB package online, mm. and you see the last pitch of every at-bat. So whether it's a strikeout, a walk, a hit, you, you really, you know, in a normal, say, three to two, four to two game, uh, you know, that it only takes 15, 20 minutes. It's actually kind of ruined baseball for me because when you, when you, you get used to long enough watching every single thing that happens in a game in 15 minutes, because you know, the only thing you're missing is really the pitches duel with the batter. You go back to Fenway and you're sitting in your seat for three hours, man. It's like, Oh, technology. But, um, but it is a good way to get, you know, keep plugged in. All right, well, that's good. You'll be able to check out what's going on with the Sox while you're in Texas. But uh, look, uh, we're looking forward to the record. Uh, excited to hear about it. Uh, excited to hear that, you know, this is some magic is going to happen, uh, as you usually have on your records anyway. So uh, looking forward to that, Ken. But, you know, you're also involved in the fight game. And I've talked to you a couple times on this show, and I've had you on my radio show on WEI, and we've talked about it. You know, Murphy's boxing. Big fight the other night. Mark DeLuca returned to the ring. Uh, from a hand injury and and a big win in his return. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mark is an amazing kid in the sense that here he is out for a year, you know, with a hand injury. And what does he do? He comes back and fights, a, a, you know, 
a, a former world title challenger, 20, 20 wins to his credit. Um, and that kid was coming to win the fight. It was, he was a tough kid. He was a game kid. And, uh, it was an unbelievable fight, and it was just, uh, I was amazed. You know, you know, to segue over, not to get away from market, but like, you know, Amir Khan, which I'm sure we'll talk about, yeah. that, but, you know, stepping up and taking a fight against Canelo. And, and I think that's great for boxing, and to see someone like Mark come out, and, you know, granted, on a, on a, at this point in his career, on more of a local level, but steps up and fights like, a, you know, a. A kind of a, a twenty-win guy who's who could have easily won that fight if Mark wasn't on his game. And uh, but you know what? Things like that will make Mark that much better a fighter when he's you know as he steps up the ranks, which I believe he will. And um, you know you got to take those chances and you got to fight better opponents, and um, that that makes you a better fighter. And it's it was a, it was an awesome fight to watch. Uh, people were people were very impressed with how he looked, and uh, you know very anxious for one to fight again. Yeah, and the entire fight is on your YouTube page, correct? I think I tweeted it yep. out the other day, so you can watch that entire fight. DeLuca wins uh, in a decision, eight-round decision, right? Yeah, yeah, eight tough rounds, and, um, you know, he, I had him winning um, all eight rounds, and uh, but uh, like I said, man, that was a very, very tough fight against a very tough opponent, and, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's on the Murphy's Boxing YouTube page. You can check it out, and, um, you know, we uh, look forward to hopefully having mock fight here again locally soon. And um, you know, we've uh, we've had a lot of great fights. We did a show St. Patrick's Day weekend where another one of our fighters, Stephen Ormond, who's from Dublin, Ireland, he he won the IBF Intercontinental title, which puts him into the top ten in the ratings, and uh, you know, probably puts him uh, maybe one or two more wins away from a title, a world title shot. So there's definitely some exciting stuff going on in boxing, and um, you know, there's you know, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. Just you know, like the fight the other night. You know, it's great to see a pay-per-view fight finally deliver. You know what I yeah. mean? That's exactly what boxing needed, and and that could catapult right into what boxing really needs, which would be like a Canelo versus Triple G. You know, yeah. a, a Canelo Triple G trilogy could really save boxing. You know, um, and that's just people. But I I give Amir Khan all the credit in the world for not only taking the fight, but, you know, looking great until he got caught, which is his problem oftentimes, you know. Um, but, you know, unlike a Sugar Ray, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Khan's a boxer and he's quick, but, you know, un, un, unlike the, say, Sugar Ray Hagler, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Khan, uh, Khan came to fight maybe a little too much and he got caught, and that was a shot and a half, man. Yeah, well, look, we knew about Khan's speed, and he showed that in the first five rounds. And, you know, I think if you wanted to judge that first five rounds, four to one in favor of Amir Khan, I think you could have done that. Like you said, you know, Canelo's power just, he counted with that right in the sixth round, and Canelo wins with the sixth-round knockout. Uh, But, I mean, you know, since we're talking about the middleweight division, and I just mentioned someone like the Luka, I mean, you know, what are the expectations, I I guess, for you, or even locally, even if if you talk to to Mark DeLuca, I mean— are the expectations that at some point, you know, he's so good, he's undefeated, that maybe at, at some point he, he's on the grand stage, you know, where he gets out of the local level? Like, like where do you stand with that, with a fighter like that? Just trying to, 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 to combine what we saw Saturday night, middleweights, and a middleweight that fights at the local level that, that's pretty damn good, but still has a ways to go. Like, like how, do you, how do you look at DeLuca's career right now and, and say, hey, he can get to this point where he is on that big stage? Is that a possibility at all? 
I think so, absolutely. I mean, I think it's all about in boxing stepping up the experience, you know, uh, bringing someone along to the point where they get seasoned enough to take a shot like that. I mean, just the fact, like I said, Mark could have easily come out and fought a guy with a 500 record and mm. set him off for a year, but no, he wants to, he wants that learning curve to be quick. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, when he got, he got eight rounds versus 21 guy, that, 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 that is like invaluable experience in boxing. And, you know, if Mark continues to step up along that caliber of opponent and he has four or five more of those uh, under his belt, it's like, he does put himself in a position where he's like that. Now the Canelo and triple G that that's like phenomenon level. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, I think, you know, any fighter, uh, you know, to, I, to, to step in with those guys right now, you know, they have to be ready for the challenge. And, you know, I do think Mark could get to that. I think, uh, he, he, he needs to, to grow and keep stepping it up like he has, but I commend him for wanting to do that, not wanting to just kind of puff up his record by, hmm. you know, fighting kind of guys that he, that he knows he's going to be fighting a guy that's coming to win. That's, that's the kind of experience that someone, someone needs. And, um, I don't know, man, it's just, a, it's a pleasure to watch when people are like dedicated to the sport like Mark is. And, you know, but I'm also as a promoter. And when I say a promoter, I first off never want to consider myself a box, boxing promoter, even though, you know, I technically am at this point. Uh, <laughs> but as a promoter by nature, um, you know, f- from like the, my music background, I was always intrigued by like the Ricky Hatton types, you know, who were able to, you know, be such draws in their hometown and, you know, sell out arenas and have people like just love them and, you know, consider them like, like Ricky Hatton was someone who was like, you know, another sports franchise in Manchester, you know, and then in England as a whole, and you know, like a Mark DeLuca is someone who I could see as being the type of guy who, you know, people follow in the sports pages here, the way they open up to see if the Red Sox or Celtics or Bruins won. And um, I think, you know, um, I've always thought Mark could be someone that, you know, before he gets, oh, as he climbs the ranks to be someone who could step in for a world title shot against the Canelo or a triple G type, he could, you know, be building a huge following locally up along the, uh, the way to that, you know. Now, you mentioned Triple G. I am one of the biggest Golovkin fans out there, and I hope that the next fight uh, that Canelo has is against Triple G. And he says after this fight that he's not scared of anybody. He even invited, Canelo said he invited Golovkin into the ring after the fight, and, and he says he fears no one in the business and he'll fight him next. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it, Ken. You want to see it too. Everybody wants to see that fight. But re- let's look at it realistically. Not what we want, but what realistically will happen. Realistically, do we really think Canelo's going to fight Golovkin soon? I think I think they will sooner than later. I think they both. I think everyone in boxing learned from what happened with Pacquiao and Mayweather, where they made people wait. They made people wait, and it was a dud. And you know, there was such a backlash over it. And I think that you know, Canelo and Triple G know that. It's what boxing needs. I mean, would I be surprised if each of them took another fight beforehand? Mm. You know, yeah, I don't think it'll be the next fight they have, but I think that I wouldn't be surprised if it's one more fight. You know, you don't have any boxing politics standing in the way of it. I mean, when you think Pacquiao and Mayweather had to overcome, you know, Top Rank and Heyman working together, which I never thought that would happen. You know, um, know, these are two guys that, uh, you know, 
uh, have no nothing standing in the way from a promoter or a boxing politics sense. All they have really standing in the way is 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 this five pound thing, you know, which I think I think the pressure's probably on Canelo at this point to say like, hey man, I'm I'm holding middleweight titles. I can't use not wanting to fight at 160 as an excuse anymore. And and he and he's probably going to get stripped eventually. So. I think he's going to take that fight before he lets himself get stripped, you know? Well, they say Golovkin's a mandatory challenger and that they'd strip him if he doesn't fight him next. I just, I, I don't know if that, if that threat even affects Canelo. You get what I'm saying? Because to me, I think Canelo knows and his camp knows that they can still go out and make the big money even if they don't fight Golovkin. And maybe they have this thought that they can't beat Golovkin right now and so they wait it out and let Golovkin, you know, get a couple years older and then they attack him and attack that fight. You know, Canelo could go after the money right now. And, and when, when I say money, the first guy that comes to mind is Money Mayweather. Now, Mayweather has teased a return just to get that 50th win. I think Mayweather's going to fight again, Ken. I don't know against two. I think he's going to fight again. But, I mean, could they've already fought. Mayweather won in a decision a couple years ago. Could that be a fight that maybe Canelo attacks first, knowing that, hey, who cares about getting stripped? I can go out and make the money, and I don't have to do it by losing to Golovkin. Well, when you talk about styles making fights, though, you know, as you look at the first, you know, four or five rounds that Khan did so good, it was because of his hand speed. And, and you know, as everyone said, you know, Canelo is a counterpuncher um, and, and Triple G is going to come to him. So in reality, maybe maybe Triple G stylistically is better for Canelo than having to chase Mayweather around the ring like he did the last time and he couldn't catch him and, you know, and he, and he didn't look good doing it. So, you know, you never know, but I, I don't know, you know, I got to say this, you know, you got to love Triple G. What a gentleman. I mean, his, his, his post fight interviews are almost as good as, uh, and Canelo, the same thing, you know, going over and taking a knee right in front of Khan. I just think, you know, obviously it's hard to get to know, what Canelo's personality is really like because, you know, he doesn't speak English. So, but he seems to me like a good guy and it seems like two great representatives of boxing, you know, and I just, I mean, there's just so much intrigue around that fight. I really think that, uh, man, it's desperately what boxing needs right now. Oh yeah, it's, it absolutely is what boxing needs. I just don't know if Canelo looks at it and thinks I need that fight right now when he doesn't, you know, he can make the money in, in other fights. And again, I mentioned Mayweather, but the rumor now, Ken, is that, Mayweather could fight Conor McGregor. And now, first and foremost, that fight, if it ever happened, it would never happen in the octagon. It would happen in the ring. Mayweather's not stepping in the octagon. Uh, do you think this is just them messing around and trying to get some retweets? What do you think this rumor is? Is it just a rumor or uh, is this realistic? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, would it sell if they did it? Of course it would. You know, do I think it's ridiculous? Absolutely. I think, you know, in that instance, uh, whoever's backyard it's in is, you know, who would win that fight. I mean, obviously if it's a boxing match, uh, you know, McGregor doesn't stand a chance. And by the same token, I would imagine if it was in the octagon, uh, you know, Mayweather wouldn't stand a chance. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it would still do amazing numbers of views just out of the curiosity factor. But I'd look at it as it's like, it's almost like uh, an exhibition, you know what I mean? Um, it's like when boxer would fight a wrestler or something. I mean, hmm. even if it was real, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I don't think that's what, uh, but then again, you know, maybe, maybe with, uh, you know, how much 
mixed martial arts has kind of overtaken boxing, maybe in a strange way it would be good for boxing. You know, I don't know. I'm personally not excited about it. I'd rather I'd rather see Triple G Canelo happen. You know, I'd yeah, rather me too. See, you know, I, I look more forward to Andre Ward Kovalev than I would that. You know what I mean? So there's there's a lot of other things that would excite me more than that. And I I would bet I'd be willing to bet my life that that fight doesn't ever happen. You know. I'm glad you mentioned Kovalev, and you mentioned Andre Ward. But what about Adonis Stevenson? Is that are we ever going to? Because Stevenson's the lineal champ, right? I mean, it's sort of the same thing. Canelo being the lineal champ in the middleweight. You know, you got Golovkin sitting there waiting for that fight. You got Kovalev sitting there waiting for the fight against the lineal champ. I mean, we we ever going to see Kovalev Stevenson? I'd love to see that fight. I, I don't think it's as anywhere near as good a fight as uh, Kovalev Ward. I think Ward or, or uh, Kovalev would would easily take care of Stevenson, but um, but still great fights, you know. But you know, that's that's where you know I you got to say like where MMA has it over boxing with the the, the fights that people want to see actually happen. Yeah you know, on, on a more rapid basis. And, um, you know, um, I don't know, maybe that maybe Khan taking this fight sets, sets the tone for more of that, you know, and you know what Khan doesn't come out of this a loser. He'll, 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 he'll have a, you know, he could still go back and, you know, uh, you know, fight, fight, fight in the UK and probably still fill, uh, you know, a stadium, mm. there, you know, so I don't know. I think that, uh, I think that, you know, boxing kind of needs to, to make the fights people want to see. And I think that that creates more enthusiasm, more hype. And, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. So you mentioned UFC. They get, you know, they get the fights that everybody wants to see. How, how as a boxing guy here, and I know you're not just a boxing guy. I understand that. But since you are in the business, how much of the UFC do you pay attention to? I mean, I know we've talked about this in the past, but it seems like as McGregor's legend continues to grow, and now you have this rumor of him possibly stepping in the ring with Mayweather. I mean, you mention it. You pay attention. How much, though, do you pay attention to UFC at this point? And, and I mean, is there communication at all with someone like Dana White? I mean, do you guys talk to each other? Like, what, what is that like right now when, when, you, pay, yeah. when you watch UFC? No, I, yeah, I know. I mean, Dana's a friend. He treats me great, and I, and I you know, it's amazing what he's built. Um, I'm definitely more of a boxing guy. Um, I do watch UFC casually and, uh, much more of a boxing guy. And I think that what, what makes the UFC great in the sense that it's one governing body being the UFC, they can make these fights happen. But I also think that's what takes the spirit of competition out of it and maybe keeps the paydays lower. Right. So in boxing, you have all these different governing bodies. You have all these different promoters. And, you know, no one wants to fight each other because taking a loss might take you out of the potential to, you know, to put yourself into a situation for a big fight. So everyone kind of ducks and dodges until they can get a big fight. And then when a time time comes for a fight, uh, maybe there's two different promoters that can't settle it and get it done. And, and so there's just a lot more things that get in the way when it comes to boxing. But having said that, because there's more people kind of maybe bidding for the opportunity to win a purse bid and to put on a show, uh, the spirit of competition raises the money. So it's like, you know, the lower rungs of boxing don't get paid anything, but the higher end boxing due to the kind of, you know, competitive spirit between promoters. Um, you see boxers getting paid way more money on the higher end. So what's good for the UFC 
And what makes it strong also might not be the best for its fighters and what they get paid. You think boxing's in a good place right now, though? I mean, obviously, uh, PBC, which has put boxing back on, you know, uh, national TV, is, has put a lot more fights in front of people's eyes. But there's been a big backlash to PBC from the boxing world as well. So Why, why you know, is that? Why is that? Why is there a backlash? Well, I think that the, some of the promoters have felt cut out. I think that they felt that, uh, you know, maybe Al Heyman's tried to somewhat monopolize the game, much much in the way that you could say Dana White monopolizes uh, the UFC. Only difference being is, you know, I don't think he really monopolized. He was kind of just started it and got it going. It's mm. not like he had to cut the throats of a thousand other promoters on the way up. And I think Al Heyman to do what he's trying to do has had, hasn't had to make a lot of enemies, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, and that, and that's also created that division where now a golden boy guy is never going to fight an Al Heyman guy and all that. And that, and, and that, that's frustrating for fight fans when they say, I want to see this fight, you know, like how many years that people want to see Mayweather Pacquiao, but that's why it wasn't going to happen because of the politics. Yeah. And that's frustrating for a fight fan because they don't care about that crap. They just want to see a fight, you know. But I, I have been amazed, though, for your average guy. Now, uh, for promoters and fighters to say, oh, Al Heyman, you know, if you're not with him, you're not going to like him because he might be, you know, taking all the TV time. And now guys who aren't with him aren't getting any TV opportunities. But I've been surprised at the backlash from the average fight fan because why do they care? They hmm. should just be saying, man, this, this, there's big fights on TV all the time, you know, on free TV all the time. So I've been a little surprised at that backlash, but um, it's interesting. I mean, if you're someone who's into all that, it's pretty intriguing, you know, just the, even the behind the scenes stuff of boxing right now is just, uh, you know, it's going to make for a good book someday when all the dirt comes out about all, you know, all the stuff that's gone down and the, and the way the, the market's changed so much. And, and then if Heyman does fail, and, you know, there's lawsuits pending against them all over the place from Golden Boy. There's uh, the investment firm that gave him the money. You see there's lawsuits uh, pending from from the investors. Um, that's going to really turn the whole boxing market upside down because people, you, television used to pay, to you know, pay a licensing fee for a promoter to put on a boxing show. Hmm. Well, Alan Heyman was paying TV for the time to air that. So if he goes away, is TV ever going to want to pay for boxing again? Mm. And if they won't, how is a fighter ever going to be paid what they deserve? So it's it's very interesting, you know. So that that could be bad for boxing, actually, you know, if that all crumbles. All right. Well, uh, it's good to get your take on that because, you know, I, I follow the big fights. And, and just like you, I want to see Canelo versus Triple G. Uh, and I hope, I'm, I hope I'm wrong because I hope it happens. I just, I, I feel like, I feel like Canelo's going to take a couple more fights and, and make some money because he knows he can make the money elsewhere and maybe let uh, Golovkin get a little bit older. But, uh, Ken, before I let you go, I, I have to get your take on what... I know you're a big Bruins fan. Like, is the, Bru- the Bruins your biggest team? Is that your favorite team in this town out of all the sports? Uh, if you wait it out over the course of time, probably, yes. But, I mean, you know... I- Oh, I really, basketball's kind of lost me since Larry Bird retired, I got to be honest. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, nobody passes anymore. I don't know. I, find, I sound like a grumpy old man saying that, but uh, uh, I definitely haven't followed basketball as one of 
basketball would be my number four of the big four, you know, and, uh, and but Bruins Red Sox have always kind of been one and two for me, you know. All right, um, so so what um so Bruins, how do you how their season ended? Two straight years without the playoffs. Were you happy to see Claude return? I, I mean, wh- wh- how do you feel about the V's right now? I mean, he is the one. You know, people love to pounce on him, and you know, he is the just you know the fact that he's the winningest coach, you know, in in the, in the Bruins history. It's pretty amazing. Um. But I do think in hockey sometimes, like you say, you know, if you if you, you know, you, maybe you lose the player's attention or whatever. I, you know, I think he's a good coach. I'm glad he's coming back. But I think uh, he'll probably be on a short lease next year. You know, um, I mean, you know, they've taken away huge pieces of the puzzle. You know, losing Boychuk, losing Dougie Hamilton. I mean, you know, as much as I wasn't a Sagan fan, I mean, Jesus Christ, those are, you know, it's hard to keep in contention when you keep giving away your players like that. You know, and um. I don't know. I think I, I'd be surprised if they don't make a couple of big acquisitions. Um, just if, we, if that rumor ever happens and we end up with Jimmy Vizi, uh, that would be all those things could be go a long way to kind of rebounding us very quick. But uh, you know, it's frustrating, man. I'm a season ticket holder, and just like everyone else, it's like to watch him just kind of fade in the end like that is. You know, but uh, but on the other hand, you're saying, ah, but you know what? They weren't going to go anywhere anyway because that team with that defense and you know was I don't know. It just doesn't seem built for to go deep in the playoffs anyway. So in some ways, watching them lose is almost like you know sometimes you got to have a worse season to get the the organization yeah. motivated to grow. You know, whereas sometimes like that was that's what it was like being a Bruins fan for years. It was like, they were good enough to make the playoffs every year and they were good enough to kind of compete, but never win it. And that was good enough. You know, sometimes like, you know, something like this happening where you don't make the playoffs two years in a row is enough to make uh, the organization say, so we got to make a move, you know? Hmm. And finally, the David Ortiz farewell tour has begun and it's off to a great start. You got, do you guys get anything planned for him? Like for David Ortiz, like dropkick Murphy's guys get anything planned for big poppy because you know, maybe some type of send off anything with him. Uh, you know, I know we haven't thought about that. I, I think if he was, ha- if he was having his own going away party, I don't think we'd be the band you hire. Um, but you know, we never know. We maybe we'll p- pick up some, uh, you know, some, some Latin flair down here. I don't know. Uh, but you know, he's always been super nice to us. Real class act. Uh, just really been, you know, welcoming to us every time we're around the park and we've been around there a lot and been in his presence a lot. And he is like, man, he really is like, we're going to miss him when he's gone. You know what I mean? Just, 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 just everything that he brings to the team. You know what I mean? The guys like that don't, you know, the, he, he, he's in the Tom Brady, Bobby Orr category. You know what I mean? And not just for what he does on the field either. And, um, yeah, I think this is a great way. And you know what? I, by the same token, I hope he doesn't, you know, pull a Floyd Mayweather or whatever and decide to play. I hope he does go out. I hope he does go out on top, and I hope he continues to have a great season. And, uh, you know, his legacy will never be forgotten here, that's for sure. He will, He's going to retire. I just think it was too genuine, his video that he had in the Players' Tribune. And to be honest, I think the hot start that he's off to, I feel like it's a product of him knowing it is his final season where he's embracing everything, every final moment, and he is locked in here in the early goings of the season where maybe in years past, not to say that he checks out early on, but it is a 162-game season. And as the guy gets older, you know, I think it might be a little bit easier to maybe 
not be as locked in early on in the season. So I think this success early on, Ken, is a, is a product of him knowing this is the final final year. I, that makes total sense, 100%. It is such a long season, how those guys do it with the travel and the, the focus they need to have day in, day out for nine innings a day. It, it's pretty remarkable, you know. It really is remarkable. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to see the uh, season be, you know, June 1st to – September 15th, if you ask me, and have, you know, people just kind of not having to pace themselves so much and, and really kind of going for it more, but that'll never change. So I'll just keep freezing my ass off in games in April out there at Fenway. All right, Ken, listen, uh, thanks a lot. Great stuff, as always. Looking forward to the new record, and uh, best of luck with Murphy's Boxing. I uh, hope to talk to you soon. Good talking to you, Danny. Have a great day. Thank you. All right, great stuff right there from Ken Casey, and special thanks to him for taking some time out from his recording uh, to join me on this show. little programming note before I close out the show and the week. I have the weekend off, so no radio or TV for me. I'll be back on Monday to talk Red Sox, take a look at the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs and anything else that happens in the sports world. You might be wondering why I'm not reacting to David Price's start last night against the Astros. That's because I'm actually recording this show before he makes this start because, as you know, I I told you early in the week, I'm not going to be here late in the week. Still, is the Friday podcast, so I'm doing it as if this is the Friday podcast. And because it's not actually Friday, I do not have picks picks for you. I do not have a picks picks segment this week. I apologize. I promise. I will make it up to you next week. I will give you five games with the spread in some sport next week. And if it's not five games, if I stick with NBA, uh, then then I promise I'll get back on track with that in a good way. So make sure you get this show whenever you want. I broadcast five days a week, dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere podcasts are available. Oh yeah, the Google Play Music Store as well. Yeah, that's new. And follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm out. Talk to you Monday.